Hello and welcome again to our sixth recording of the PPC Chat Twitter discussion that happens on Tuesdays at 5 p.m. GMT. Uh, my name is Anu, I'm founder of MindSwan, a company through which I aim to share my ideas about paid search, paid media, and especially my passion for doing digital reporting well through a tool that is already on everybody's laptop and radar, especially if you're a PPC professional. Um, yeah, Microsoft Excel. So yesterday's discussion, um, yesterday's discussion was um, quite a nice and exciting one. Kirk Williams bravely led us um, into a topic about conferences, which is a topic that's very close to my heart because um, I've talked at quite a few now. And um, <laughs> one of the ways I actually started going into them is that, you know, I thought they were quite expensive. So I thought, hey, why I don't speak why don't I speak at one of them or you know and see how that goes and that's how I've been doing that and I've talked about um talked at about um yeah six to seven conferences now and um yeah I can't get enough of it so um yeah so with the topic was um this what was discussed was everything from you know from what it's like to attend conferences what people look for when they go to conferences you know and whether it's um it's days are numbered so you know are we going to see a day where you know conferences are not really really a thing and everything is on webinars all right so let's get right to it so yeah so um kirk williams um welcomes us um saying um as we prepare for today's chat i'll note that i've tried to design these questions for a variety of people from attendees to speakers to vendors to organizers so even if you just lurk you will find value from today's chat but please do join in and i feel that there's also a bit of a gif war today and i joined in that putting in uh, some of my own one of um the notorious one of um kim kardashian coming out from behind the bushes somewhere um there's one of also me going about almost time two minutes before the chat started we've got it rhymes with eyes going of one with beyonce in rollers of course she cannot look any wrong uh, she cannot look wrong in anything um and yeah it's going morning um it's quite interesting that they're doing this chat um in the morning out there when it's very evening for us here um and then yeah jim banks also comes in with two also um saying that mine too when um to Kirk Williams saying, um, welcome to today's edition. Today we'll be discussing PPC conferences, some of the most enjoyable points of my year personally. And Jim Banks replies, mine too, love me a good conference with a, with a gift of, of loads of people. Um, falling asleep there, I'm sure that's um, it's done sarcastically. Uh, so... As yeah, Kirk Williams then goes um as uh, Kirk Williams goes as a quick welcome to those who are new. PPC chat is an open response forum. Um, I or other hosts will ask the questions and you can respond with A and the number of questions so we can follow and discuss. So A two, A three, you know, if you're answering questions Q one or Q two, obviously. So let's get started. And he starts us off with a poll, and he goes, "What for you?" is most important about PPC conferences. Please discuss opinions or include other ideas in the response. Um, and yeah, just going, making sure we get to that poll. Um, so yeah, it starts off with the options are food or amenities, um, speakers, location or networking. I'll say that again, the options for the poll is food or amenities, speakers, location or networking. Um, 
And yes, yeah, since obviously the poll has been done and we've got the results in, 66% of people went for speakers, 27% went for networking, 5% for location, and a very surprisingly little figure <laughs> went for food and amenities. Um, so yeah, I actually responded um, with um, with the my, with my answer to question one, saying I'm torn between this, and by this I meant networking because I did choose networking. Um, I so I'm I said I'm torn between networking and it be, and it's been about the speaker, especially as I am a speaker myself. But I do love bumping into and nurturing great work relationships with people I have met at conferences, and then we've got um, Jenny, which is at at Al Flurry um, reply with speakers is definitely number one factor to consider but location is crucial nobody wants to go to a conference in Baltimore for X <laughs> sorry if you live there um, and um, Kirkwillian replies lol I've never been there so that made me giggle what don't you like about Baltimore um, and Jenny replies haha I think it's the high murder rate that scares me <laughs> Um, and we've got Jill Hong um, going um, in reply to question one saying, as someone who's been around for a little while, I find that I get more out of the networking sessions. Nothing like sharing and discussing new conference ideas for a different from for, for a different perspective. I'm probably mean, thinking means from a different perspective. We've got Liam Wade replying, going networking for sure, just chatting to people that do what I do every day, but always differently. That's where I learn the most. And then he continues with, um, there's definitely something about those quiet people at conferences too. Too shy to speak on stage, but a fountain of knowledge if you get them talking. Um, we've got Kaz also replying, saying... Um, to question one saying full disclosure i've never been to a ppc conference but i can only imagine the networking would be my priority i learn a ton from utilizing fellow ppcers as news strategy idea resources yep totally agree with all those answers as well and then we get a reply from joe martinez um which is at milwaukee ppc uh proper veteran of this um, discussion here of these discussions here um, and yeah he replies with networking and meeting peers or friends I can now reach out to so many PVC buddies with a variety of backgrounds to help out if I'm in a jam can't put a price on that um, and then yeah it rhymes with eyes then replies with all of those things are important as a Canadian um, I have to make the business case for international travel, the closer it is, the higher the quality, the more likely it is that I can go. Um, yeah, and then we've got Robert Brady then replying, as far as speakers, a lot of times I'll attend a session because I know the speaker is good, even if the content isn't exactly what I'm looking for. Um, and then we've got um, Doug Art Thomas, um, Esquire, <laughs> which it has the the very interesting um, hashtag or the, uh, the interesting um, handle of Forkan Gamabubu. Okay, <laughs> Forkan Gamabubu. Um, and then replies with, um, I really wish there was a more focus on first time networking at conferences. It's cool that everyone knows everyone, but it's hard to break into that when you're no one. Um, and then it rhymes with eyes, then goes, the networking part really means a lot. I love getting together and solving problems, which you can't just throw together. Um, so, yeah, and then Kirk Williams then replies to Robert Brady's, um, um, his reply to the question saying, where Robert said, as far as speakers, a lot of times I'll attend a session because I know the speaker is good, even if the content isn't exactly what I'm looking for. And Kirk replies with 100% agree. 
um, with this, uh, 100% agree with this for conference session selection. Um, and then Joe Martinez then replies to, um, we've got to Dog R. Thomas's um, replies where he said, I really wish there was more focus on first time networking and conferences. And Joe Martinez replies, agreed, took me a couple of years. I'm an introvert until I get to know you. I will never approach someone first, just who I am. Um, and then it rhymes with eyes, then um, also replies to Dog R. Thomas, um, where, and she goes with, I don't know how much a conference organizer can do to help that. People are clicky and it's kind of on us to reach out to new people, make them feel welcome and join in. Yeah, totally agree with that. You know, we're a very welcoming um, community and I feel that if we do more of that, we'll, um, yeah, get the, even the introverts and the quiet people to share the ideas like, you know, like Liam um Liam Wade actually mentioned um earlier on over there. Um and then we've got Jill Hong, which is which whose handle is underscore Jill Hong goes definitely a great tip for new or shy conference goers. I challenge the SEER interactive team at Hero Conference to meet at least two new people per networking event. And then we've got Jim Bagston coming in with his answer to question one, saying it's a combination of all those. You can't beat face to face. You can't beat learning from your peer group. You can't beat sharing dark secrets over drinks at 2 a.m. None of that happens sitting at your desk. Um, and then Robert Braden then comes in with, um, I also value the opportunity to talk to a speaker after the session to discuss my specific situation. Have gotten some great advice over the years. Um, and then Kirk Williams comes in with great discussion. Let's keep chatting as we move to question two. Still collecting some data here. General thoughts and comments. Welcome. So question two goes, when attending a conference, what percentage would you assign to each of these? Try to get to 100%. <laughs> Winky face. Um, and then what the options are, be inspired, gain specific actionable takeaways, networking, and then other. So, yeah, how, what percentage would you assign to each of these? Um, it's, and it's four options there. First one is be inspired, gain specific actionable takeaways, networking, and the fourth is other course people then can put in their ideas of what other is of course um then julie Pacini then comes in with her answer to question one saying for me it is networking primarily primarily strengthening existing connections and making new ones that said i can't justify the time expense if content isn't top notch too um, and then we've got Jim Banks that actually replied to Doug R. Thomas's um, question as well. It goes with some of the shows I go to have a program of pairing first timers with established conference veterans. I know Popcorn and an affiliate summit do it. And then Robert Brady replies to that. I've really enjoyed helping out new attendees with the Popcorn program. Having a familiar face can be huge for first time attendees as well. Um. And then, yeah, we've got Joe Martinez then giving his reply to question two, which was about what percentage would you put on the four different um, areas, aspects of conferences. And um, yeah, he puts networking at 50 percent, takeaways at 40 percent, inspired 10 percent. <laughs> ha ha ha. Just kidding. Um, it's swag 100 <laughs> percent. So, yeah, in, in place of. In replacement of networking 50%, takeaways 40%, inspire 10%. He goes, just kidding, it's swag 100%. Um, and then um, Heather Kuan, um, also um, a name we recognize very well on here, um, goes um, networking for show <laughs> for um, her answer to question one. Um, and then obviously, yeah, Kirk Williams then replies to Joe Martinez's um, 
answer of saying it's a hundred percent about swag because i actually have a swag question coming later ha so yeah hang on to um keep on listening to this recording to see what that swag question is um and then here the heather koan then's reply to question two is 50 percent networking 25 percent inspiration 25 percent actionable takeaways um, and then I come in with my answer to question two saying I feel it's 40% networking, 30% takeaways, 25% be inspired and 5% other. Um, and that other is, you know, just general things like, yeah, things that we've talked about before, you know, the location, being there, you know, how easy it is to get to, you know, and just like, yeah, some loads of different other aspects of that. Um, and so, yeah, Jill Hong, Jill, um, Jill Hong then replies with um, 15% be inspired, 30% gain specific actionable takeaways, 35% networking, 20% other, aka swag. Actually, yeah, that is what my um, other is as well. Definitely about swag. And we'll we go into further details to what we mean by swag there. So, yeah, just hang hang on for that, <laughs> that explanation, uh, explanation. It's a quite a funny um, string of conversation over there as well. Um, then Julie Piccini then replies with um, with her answer to question two, saying 60% networking, 25% actionable and 15% inspired. Um, and then it rhymes with eyes, goes um, inspired, 25, please inspire and uplift, make me feel invincible. Actionable takeaways, 25 as well please give me things I can do right away um networking 25 um 25% again people are awesome well PPC chat people anyway um and then other 25% again if the food is bad I am not coming back (laughs) that's funny I feel like I missed that yesterday um so yeah so you know at equal equal share and equal importance um it rhymes with eyes has put um on all the four um particular areas that um that that Kirk Williams gave us as options um and so yeah Kirk Williams said that PPC staff it's very interesting I've talked to multiple conference organizers in the past and they've noted that people discuss rate sessions based on actionable takeaways well yeah so they said that um he said he's I've talked to multiple conference organizers in the past and they have noted that people discuss or rate sessions based on actionable takeaways, but often actually attend sessions based on often on based often on inspirational type of content, i.e. a discon- disconnect exists. So Jim Banks then replies to question two saying, um, yeah, be inspired 20%, gain specific actionable takeaways 20%, networking 50%, lion share, other exploring new country maybe 10%. Yeah, so I definitely put a great deal of percentage on um on my other because I got to speak in Bologna the the other day and it did it re- did really factor um into whether I was going to go or not you know Bologna Italy one of my favorite countries so yeah um yeah that was I, I talked at um AdWorld, Ex- AdWorld experience last month so yeah Robert Brady then again replies to his question um to the question choosing networking 60% takeaways 30% get inspired 10% swag is just icing on the cake 
Okay, then. And then um, Kirk Williams then, um, in response to, you know, his earlier comment about saying it's interesting, he's talked to conference organisers and they've noted that people discuss her red sessions based on actionable takeaways. He then goes, it can be frustrating to an organiser who tries to get more specifically actionable sessions in a slot and people still go on the sole inspirational one, even though they'll ask for more takeaways next conference. Yeah, Dogar Thomas then replies to, um, yeah, makes his replies to question two, saying one percent keynotes are the worst. Um, takeaway seventy percent. I gotta justify being there beyond what I can read on the web. Networking ten percent, but I think it should be much higher. Other ninety percent overcoming imposter syndrome. Learning that I know my stuff is invaluable. Yeah, that's also a very fair point. Um, and so, yeah, Kokwalim then goes, let's continue. Question next for attendees and then on to speakers. Um, but then before he comes in with his question, Emma Franks then replies to, um, yeah, Dogar Thomas's reply, um, reply to question one saying, I really wish there was more focus on first time networking at conferences. And Emma Franks goes this, or maybe just facilitation of networking interactions, tables at Hero Conference, for example, or conversation topics on tables. People can easily join without feeling that they're interrupting a personal conversation. Um, yeah, and so Kirk William then comes in with um, question three saying, as attendees, what is the biggest deterrent or not going to a PPC conference? What makes you avoid a conference? Or perhaps why haven't you gone to one yet? Um, and at this point, Mark's uh, media joins the conversation and replies to question one um, saying, um, yeah, networking is the most important factor about PPC conferences, unless, of course, we're speaking at said conference. Um, and then Julie Piccini um then comes in with um, an error going, tweet deck is not letting me reply to a tweet right now. Part of the issue is sessions that are geared towards all levels of experience, inspirational for some takeaways for others, bored for still others. And then Joe Martinez then replies to question three saying costs are always a big factor. No matter what size company you work for, you'll most likely run into that issue at some point. Um, and then Mark Media then comes in with their answer to question two, saying networking is 50%, takeaways 25%, inspiration 25%. Um, it rhymes with Ice comes in with her um, answer to um, question three, saying as an attendee, it's still hard to get companies to pay for you to go to these things. So yeah, so he, she said as an attendee, it's it's all about the money, So it, which was represented by $3 signs. Um, it's still hard to get companies to pay for you to go to these things. Often budgets are tight. Sometimes they actually don't think you'll get training you can't get elsewhere. And Jill Hongdon replies to question three saying, I've avoided attending certain conferences based on their lineup. If I've already seen or know the information be pre being presented, it can seem a bit basic. Um, and then Julie Piccini then replies to question three, saying biggest deterrence for me as a consultant are time and money. The actual cost of going to a conference plus the lost productive time is nothing to sneeze at, especially for small firms for slash um, consultants. Um, and then Kirk Williams um, then goes, um, does SEER pay for some conference attendance or does that um, or how does that work? Do you have to make a pitch to warrant going? And that's in reply to Joe Hong's um, saying that I've avoided attending certain conferences um, based on their lineup. Um, and so, yeah, Will Reynolds then replies to um, Kirk uh, going about the CFA for some conferences, replies with, 
I get asked for a lot of um, initial international gigs. Instead of a speaking fee, I'll ask for a deep discount or a few freebies. Sometimes with a good discount, a conference in Europe can be cheaper than one in New York City. And I get to hang with a team while traveling or catch up. Um, and then, yeah, Kirk William then replies with a cool idea. I like that. And then, yeah, we um, continue with Robert Brady going that um, cost was the big one when I was trying to convince a boss to send me. So, yeah, that's reply to question three. And then we've got Mark Kennedy, SEM, joining us um, saying love them. But time is a huge factor, especially the travel. Easier if they're local, but but far ones are are too tough to block off. Um, and then with it rhymes that eyes then replies with um, saying that this is a great point and that's in reply to Joe Hong saying I've avoided certain conferences based on their lineup it says this is a great point some keynotes do uh, do the same talk on the circuit not that it's a bad speech but done is done um, then we've got um, yeah Joe Martinez then saying um, in reply to Joe Hong saying um, he, he avoids certain conferences um, definitely this too um, and then, um, yeah, Kirk Williams then replies to his question, going price, admission, lodging, travel, etc. Fun fact, I've been to 19 conferences in the last two years and spent a grand total of only $250 on conference tickets to those 19. Speaking is the best way to get to attend conferences for free. Yes, I do definitely agree with that. 19 conferences. Wow. His family must miss him a lot. Um, <laughs> well, miss him quite a bit. I'm sure he's, he's home a lot of the time too. Um, but yeah, Emma Franks then replies um, to question two, then saying 45% being inspired, 25% takeaways kind of overlaps with inspiration, 15% networking, 15% food, fun, general experience, prof, professional development, etc. Um, and then we've got um, Jill Hong saying that um, in reply to Kirk Williams asking, does Sia pay for some conference attenders? And goes, um, Jill Hong then goes, Sia Interactive has a couple ways to pitch for conference budget. Everyone has Kazen um, budgets that they have put towards self-improvement. And we all get to pitch to attend when Will Reynolds is speaking. Um, yeah, so Kirk Williams then continues with lots of more questions coming. Let's keep going now for speakers to help the community. Um, but before he gets his question in Jim Banks then replies with to question three saying I think attendees can sometimes shoot themselves in the foot and leave getting a ticket until it's too late plenty of shows offer sizable early bird discounts plan better you'll get to go to more conferences go with Airbnb go with Airbnb carpool look for speaker promo etc um, and then Kirk William then goes in with question four saying, we have a lot of, of um, speakers um, in PPC chat. As a PPC conference speaker, what is a piece of advice you have for someone who wants to speak at a conference someday? Um, and then, yeah, Joe Martinez then replies to Jim Banks saying that really good point about speaker promo codes. Many conferences have them. And then Julie Bettini comes with the, with the first answer to question four saying pitch. Now, not when you not when you're ready, reach out to some people who've done it and see if they will eyeball your pitch. Everyone starts sometime. Why not you? Why not now? Um, and it rhymes with eyes pretty much. Yeah, confirms that go start speaking. This is one of the harder things to get going, but start presenting at work, start training with small groups, get your thoughts together and pitch. Um, Jill Hong then replies with um, make sure you practice whether on your own or with your teammates. Getting early feedback to make tweaks to a pitch slide deck can make a big difference. 
Um, we've got Robert Brady then replying, don't let imposter syndrome stop you. Pitch what you're best at until someone takes you up on it. And maybe start with smaller local events to build some experience and credibility. Um, we've got Heather Cohen replying to question three, saying it's rare for me to go to conferences that I'm not speaking at just because I can't justify the cost in my head. And that's, yeah, going alongside with also what my answer um, would be is the fact that, you know, the easiest way to be able to justify going to a conference is saying that, hey, it's free. I'm speaking at it. Um, so, yeah. Um, Kirk Williams then replies to Jill Hong saying, um, yes, I put 40 to 50 hours of work into my first few sessions each wow that is a lot of hours um and then emma franks then replies with uh, to question three saying echoing everyone else's but you know money which is the three dollar signs um my approach is just a pitch for any conferences i'm interested in with the hopes i might get to attend that way i don't have enough conviction to make a case for being sent to a conference if i'm not speaking um, we've got Golden Boots also replying to question three, saying the domination of agency attendance. It makes for a lack of B2B content for smaller companies that have a limited audiences targeting less to take away from sessions. Um, and then Jim Banks, Jim Banks then goes to, I wanted to ask a question. If you had the opportunity to go to a mastermind before or after a PPC conference, maybe eight to 12 attendees and a few experts, but tickets were expensive. Would that excite you more? I'll put you off. Just curious. Um, Heather Corinne then goes to a, re a reply to question four saying, just go for it. Put some time and effort into your pitch and network on social media with other speakers and organisers. Um, and then, yeah, Kirk Williams then replies to um, Golden Boots saying, interesting takeaway. Um, that takeaway was the domination of agency attendance. It makes for lack of B2B content for smaller companies that have a limited audience targeting, less to take away from sessions. Um, yeah, and then Kirk Williams then continues with um, interesting takeaway I like. I've heard from in-house friends that it can be difficult to sell the in-house boss on the ticket as part of the problem. Has that been your experience? Um, Heather Curran then goes with depends on where the organization is and where the budgets are. I never ran into cultural issues, but conferences were always the first to go if budgets were restricted. Um, and then Jill Hong then goes def definitely helps to have an action plan with how you're planning to follow up post conference. Our pitch process normally includes looking at the session schedule and identifying which clients may get benefit out of attending. Um, it rhymes with eyes, replies with agree. We scramble to gate content and make landing pages to connect to my slides. And even that was due to budget restrictions. Conferences are great for biz dev if done properly. Heather Cohen then replies, yep, always got to have downloadable asset for lead capture. Um, Golden Boots replies, no problem. Selling the boss on a ticket as I can add a conference into conference into my budget. My company is big on continued education, which was a big selling point. Uh, Mark Kennedy then continues that with saying, I only send an employee to a conference if the tracks or topics are valuable to what we do. Local, small, small to medium business, etc. is better for us than enterprise tracks. And so, yeah, we continue with John Martinez, who um, on quite who replies with if you can't wow them with a killer pitch having history of blogs webinars chat hosting etc helps to um helps um easier to pick you if the conference already knows who you are and what you're capable of and then um yeah, then Mark Kennedy then goes um, replies with, it depends on the topic. As Golden Boots 21 just said, I have to value the information and who it's from. Good speakers on good topics, not just one of those two. 
Um, and then we've got Joe Martinez then replying to question four saying, um, also networking again, a certain, um, a certain PPC chatter helped me get into my first two national conferences because he knew me and my capabilities, who you know can really help out. Um, and then Kirk Williams comes in with question four, says, start writing, putting out content, start engaging on or with social media, PPC groups. This will also help build your confidence to pitch. Then if you make it, it will stop to help. It will also help you network better at any event than if nobody knows you. Um, and then, yeah, Heather Cohen then replies um, to replies to Joe Martinez was a reply again saying if you can't wow them with a killer pitch having a history of blogs webinars chat hosting um helps um so yeah if you can't wow them with a killer pitch having a history of blogs webinars chat hosting etc um helps easier to pick you if your comfort already knows who you are and what you're capable of and Heather Cohen replies to that yes right 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 anywhere you can um, and then I replied to pretty much question three and four together, uh, where I say that it was always really hard to justify the cost of some of the conferences. So because I was eager to attend, I offered to speak, um, you know, how? By asking one of the organisers. It was literally either that. For my first one, I technically didn't even pitch. I was just like, look, I know you have a conference going on. And this was when Kelvin Newman was doing um, the conference about um yeah just yeah bidding innovation in bidding um and um that was before of course you know brighton seo really um charged ahead and um you got all his attention is on that well most of his attention i'm sure is on that right now so yeah i just asked one of the organizers and um yeah basically i'm you know in continuing with that you know the pitch is important but it doesn't need to be complicated so don't be scared about it so don't think that you need to you know spend loads of time and put like a, some big a I mean, put thought into it but you know don't overcomplicate it as well because that might lose you the pitch as well um and then yeah and um yeah I replied to Heather Cohen who yeah said that she, you know it's rare for her to go to conferences that she's not speaking as at and yeah and that's how I got started to speak you know and that's how I got started speaking at conferences you know I started going to conferences because I'd I decided to justify it by saying that I'll speak at it um and then Jim Banks replies to question four saying as tempting as it is to speak everywhere be selective in what shows you go to speak at always have a new deck always entertain always give away your best stuff seriously the deep dark secret stuff be social before during after stick around um yeah there's some very good points there from Jim Banks um, and then we've got Julie Puccini then replying to um, question four. I think this she's going to make it a part one and two because part one she said, "Don't assume that something you do that is easy for you is easy for everyone. If you have a killer method for something, I guarantee others will very likely learn from it. Pitch it." Um, and then yeah, um, Kirk Williams goes with lots of good advice. Hopefully, you're taking notes if you are wanting to start speaking on ppc let's keep it moving but obviously as twitter is someone comes in with a note from jim banks before the next question which goes with i really dislike speakers who turn up sit in the speaker's room speak then leave the conference they add little value they could have just as easily uploaded their deck to slideshare and saved us the trouble you know who you are just don't be that person i've only done that once i will be honest um but yeah it was like in the earlier days when i was feeling very shy but yeah really don't do that anymore I'm always out there you know in the in the buffet area while during the breaks 
Um, so Kirk Williams comes in with question five saying, what is the top thing you think many or most all PPC speakers need to level up their presentations? Um, is there a common weakness we can all grow in? Um, it rhymes with eyes, um, then replies with in, in agreement with um, with um, Jill Hong saying, definitely helps to have an action plan. Um, with how you're planning to follow a post-conference. Our pitch process normally includes looking at the session and schedule, um, etc. And um, and then, yeah, Melissa Fack then replies to um, Jim Banks saying, yep, attendees are paying to learn, so teaching them is part of the responsibility of a speaker. And that is in reply to Jim Banks, um, giving his, like, several points, um, saying as attempting... As tempting as it to speak everywhere, be selective in which shows you go to speak at, etc. Um, and then after Melissa Fagdon replies with, yep, attendees are paying to learn, so teaching them is part of the responsibility of the speaker. We've got Jim Banks replying with, an accessibility to ask your own question afterwards is a massive value add to attendees that speakers can offer. We all were new once. Um, we should remember that and pay it forward. Um, Melissa Fagdon replies, exactly. We pay attention when attendees tell us speakers um, wouldn't answer a question or give them the time of day. Um, Julie Bicini replied with the Q&A format matters too. Some conferences use apps or digital sub submit and others have attendees ask questions live. Not everyone is comfortable asking a question in front of a room full of people. Um, Jim Banks replies with I agree but stepping outside your comfort zone is one of the first steps everyone takes on their journey to success. Hiding anonymously behind any app doesn't help a speaker to offer one-to-one -one help after the session. Melissa Fack goes, Amen. <laughs> Julie Bicini then replies, It helps when speakers reiterate this message themselves too as part of their closing. Um, and then Jim Banks goes, I will always close with all my contact details and encourage people to reach out and say that I'll be around for the rest of the conference and at the parties and to grab me. I also pull out liars who, came, who come but don't talk into the conversation. Okay, and then continue on. Um, and then we've got um, Heather Curran then going, this is huge when replying to um, don't assume that something you do is easy for you. Um, don't, don't assume that something you do that is easy for you is easy for everyone else. And replies, this is huge. I've always end up, um, and I always end up on analytics panels and people get really excited about stuff I thought everyone knew. I'm always surprised at this every time. Same when I'm talking about Microsoft Excel because I feel that that's the stuff I learned um, when I really just started um, um, working on um, working in paid search. And so we've got Emma Franks um, also then replying, pitch something that you care about. Let's um, reply to question four. Something that's interesting and useful for you, especially if no one else is talking about it yet. Don't think the best topics are the ones getting a lot of attention. By the time the conference comes around, that may be old news. Um, and then Jill Hong then replies to question five saying, make sure your font sizing and colors are readable. These are very minor things that can irk the attendee from really paying attention. I'm pretty sure most PPCs, most PPCs have OCD. Yeah, one of the biggest things that we've already required um, when I'm um, uh, yeah, interviewing for a job is attention to details. That definitely applies in presentations as well. And then we continue um, with Joe Martinez's um, answer with through question five saying there needs to be a flow or a story to make it entertaining. If you're going to just spout out facts and tactics, just hand me a printout of your notes because I'm already tuned out. 
and then we've got a reply from um Jeannie from Jenny even which is um out out at Al Fleury goes um I'd like to see more presentations provide actionable takeaways it was 50 50 at hero conference this year Ooh, quite controversial um and then Kirk Williams then goes I think too I'm guilty of these first include more personal stories anecdotals to go beyond just factual data transference and um pause reset attention um to ditch slides with lots of text or re-upload it later to slide share with the text um and then heather crew and then goes energy let's face it we're nerds must do a great job with jokes and references but this stuff can be dry more energy and movement on stage um, and then we've got, um, yeah, Dogar Thomas replying to question five saying, assuming a uniform culture, yes, I get we're all geeks or whatever, except all isn't all. Having to explain Star Wars or Doctor Who or Game of Thrones or whatever to a coworker for them to understand um, a talk totally negated the value of them being there. Um, and then Jim Bax replies to question four saying, I got this from Denisu and Blitzmetrics, but you should have a speaker show reel and a speaker page. I've spoken at a bunch of places all around the world, but not brought it all together. Conference organizers can find you easier if you help them. Um, and then, yeah, we've got um, Julie Bettini saying, make sure your presentation is tailored to the length of your session. Yeah. Um, and then Joe Martini says, yes, death by bullet points is real, y'all. So that is a reply to uh, Kirk Williams going um, ditch slides with lots of text. Um, and then, yeah, I came in with an answer saying for during and post talk, which is on the lines of actually how much text you should have on the slide as well, saying don't make the presentation too wordy. Um, it's important um, to get audience to engage, to be engaged and allow them to buy into you emotionally. So again of course um agreeing with um with the earlier comments about you know your your background and your personal story um in relation to you know the the tactics you're sharing um but then post do a proper write-up so it makes sense with all the pictures and the presentations yeah where it makes so that sorry so it makes sense what all the pictures and the presentations refer to um and then Kirk Williams then goes really good point to um um yeah to Doug R. Thomas's reply saying, assuming a uniform culture, yet I get, yes, I get we're all geeks or whatever, except all isn't all. Um, Kirk Williams replies, really good point. I've been on both sides of that. Getting a point because it was culture I knew. I'm missing a point because I didn't know who the GOT characters was. <gasps> Seriously? Who doesn't know about Game of Thrones? <laughs> um... So yeah, um, and Emma Franks then replies with, this is how conference, um, Hero Conference selects speakers. Content definitely comes first. And that's in reply to Kirk Williams saying, good point. I've heard of conferences that analyze pitches without looking at names first. So they really take a pitch at what it's worth. Um, and then, yeah, we've got Julie Vicini then replying to counterpoint to including too much text in slides. I want your decks to have enough in it so that if I access it, access it after the fact it reinforces what you talked about so yeah i think um um julie what we're trying to say is that yeah we do agree that you know words are necessary but after the presentation at the presentation i don't think you should be too wordy unless people just read the slides and not actually pay attention to you i don't think um mark kennedy then replies to question five says i don't think there's a common weakness it varies for everybody but just make sure you have action t items it makes it takes a lesser well-spoken person with good information um, 
over a well-spoken per- spoken presentation with little value, but one both. So Heather Cohen then goes a bit mindful when using GIFs. <laughs> if you let that slide stay up too long, you can give audience a seizure. Whereas on Twitter, people can just roll by it and won't get a seizure. So use as many GIFs on here. Um, and then Heather Cohen then goes, yes, storytelling is a big area that we can all improve upon always. The best speakers master this. Yes. And, um, and Melissa Fack also then goes, um, ask the audience questions before you start. Get a feel for who is in the room, agencies, businesses, consultancies, etc. So when you are speaking, you can customize, customize it a bit for the audience. Heather Cohen then replies, um, I've heard this from a lot of folks about this year's Hero Conference. Folks were disappointed with day one, but day two picked up. So that's um, in reply to Jenny say, saying, I'd like to see more presentations, provide actionable takeaways. It was 50-50 at Hero Conference. And then we've got Martin Roten Garden um, with um, a handle of at Bloody Marty. At, sorry, at Blue Marty even. So... Not as, as bloody as I thought a handle is. Uh, he replies to question three, saying, as a frequent speaker, maybe not in comparison to some of you, I noticed that going to a conference without speaking has lost its appeal. Feels like work. And then we've got Kirk Williams then replying to um, Julie Puccini, which is whose um, who's handle is at Neptune Moon. I'm going, good point. I try to use enough text on a slide to one, remind me of my points, and two, give textual notes of what I'm talking about, and three, help someone seeing the slides later know somewhat of what's going on. It's a 12 to 16 point bullet points I'm bucking against. So that's a reply to Julie Puccini saying um, to include um, counterpoint to including to my text on a slide. I want your deck to have enough in it so that I can access it after the fact it reinforces what you talked about and then Jill Hong also replied to that to to Jill Bettini on that same point saying um I'm I was always curious about this since a non-conference goer um could just download your slides without attending curious on people's thoughts on this um and then Heather Cohen then replies to um Doug R. Thomas's um goes um answer saying assuming a uniform culture yet yes I guess it's all I get it. We're all geeks or whatever, except all is and all. Um, Heather Cohen again replies saying, great point. Given that I've only seen the last couple of Star Wars, these references were lost on me for years. Um, and then PBC chat um, then goes, I got sucked into that last one, but we need to keep going. Next question. Um, and then goes, do you prefer keynote or breakout sessions and why? Um, and then Steve Hammer then replies to question five, saying professionalism and, and interaction. We tend to lecture and not invite exercises. It's so wonderful and yet rarely useful, rarely used, self-included. Um, announced question five again, um, Jim Bang saying, I think we need to get over our own self-importance. Give away everything. Practice your deck. If you're on a panel, stick to the timings. Always others, allow others to speak. Make sure you have a prep call beforehand so everyone knows what is being covered. Um, and and in yeah, Mark Kennedy then replies to um, question six, saying breakout more actionable and usually good Q and A's. And I replied to Mark Kennedy saying same answer for the exact same reason. Um, and then yeah, we've got Heather Curran going saying at the, and the level of the audience. So that was in reply to Julie Rattini saying making sure your presentation is tailored to the length of your session. Um, and that was in in reference to question five. Um, and then also in reference to question five, Emma Frank saying says also be prepared when you are asking your questions so that you can actually um, customize your presentation based on the response. 
don't just ask questions and then give the same delivered speech regardless of the audience mix and that's a reply to melissa facts pretty much saying um ask the uh, audience question before you start um and then we've got Joe, Joe Martinez there replying the same um, to question six, same breakout sessions. Most of the time, they're more in-depth with the action actionable takeaways. I also wish there were more panel sessions. I like the open discussions, but I could be in the minority here. Um, and then Jim Baxter goes, I went to Brighton SEO and didn't speak, wasn't asked, didn't pitch, all good. Um, and actually enjoyed not speaking, although I wouldn't do that at many events. Um, and then, yeah, Doug R. Thomas replies to uh, question six, six saying keynotes are almost always the worst part of any conference I've been to. Um, and then Julie Bicini then replies to Jill Hong saying, I I was always curious about this since a non-conference goer could just download your slides without attending. So that's in terms of she wants a lot of, um, you know, text and bullet points in your slides. And Julie Bicini then goes, true, but if they do that and gotten something out of it, Bumping goodwill towards speaker and potential and potentially conferences, potentially conferences. If you're wondering whether it is worth it, it to attend, having decks that are useful could move the needle in attending next time too. Um, and then, yeah, so Robert Braden replies to um, reply saying, I like this in reply to Steve Hammer saying professionalism and in interaction. We tend to lecture and not invite exercises. Um, it's so powerful and yet rarely used. Um, Jill Hong saying, Jill Hong then replies to um, question six saying, I prefer breakout sessions since you get more volume and variety of speakers. Um, and then it rhymes with eyes then replies with um, to question six, 50-50 for me, a conference of just breakouts will feel like a grind and a conference with only keynote feels too pie in the sky. Um, CTA conference does this blend well as does SMX West. Um, and then Kirk Williams then goes, PPC chat as, as as an aside, possibly the most unique and interesting presentation I have seen recently was um, Albright C. So that is um, Carrie Albright, who works with um, Hannah Pin and um, PBC Hero and Hero Conference. Um, you know, I, I have, yeah, interesting presentation I've seen recently was um, Albright C. Um, C's um, breakout session at Hero Conference on the new UI. She did a choose your own adventure, so much prep work involving the audience as players, really good. Nathan Kelly then replies with, breakouts are great and offer lots of choices often, but keynotes are great weekends to get people warmed up and close out the day. Julie Puccini then replies with, breakouts are great for nitty-gritty about a topic I'm interested in. A great keynote provides interesting perspective, inspiration or information about a soft sought-after source. Um, and then Heather Cohen then replies to Blue Marty who said that, um, yeah, I noticed that going to a conference without speaking has lost its appeal. Um, feels like work. Heather Cohen goes, uh, feels like a vacation to me. And me too, especially when I was invited to speak in um, Bologna, Italy, because I, then I made sure um, my return um, ticket was after the weekend, meaning I was able to take a train ride to Florence as well as Verona. Definitely felt a little bit like a vacation to me. Um, so, yeah, Jim Banks then also then um, replies to question 16 per se, and it depends on the size of the event. I like single track events, but often the speakers on the stage are not your wheelhouse, but going outside comfort zone is good. If possible, keynotes followed by break breakouts, followed by roundtable is the right format. 
Um, so yeah, so Kirk then goes, so this is a bonus question for conference organizers, but since you have a captive audience and, and lots of comments earlier on cost, what is the hidden cost of conferences that we wouldn't normally expect? Any insights into where expense lies, food, venue, speakers, etc. Um, and then continuing with um, an answer to question six, um, Robert Brady then goes, first reaction is breakouts all the way, but I agree with the comments about needing the change of pace or breaks of the keynote and the quality of the keynote is important. Some get real salesy, some are so generic, they're useless. Um, and then we've got Michelle um, M, who is uh, Michelle, Michelle um, SEM going, got too many things going on today to join the chat, but it's clear I'm going to have to read through later or just listen to this voice recording. She didn't actually say that last bit. I added that in. Um, and then, yeah, it rhymes with eyes. Then also then replies um, to Kirk William um, uh, citing um, Carrie Albright's um, breakout session and hero conference saying, I love that. I just did that for a pitch and it's hella work, but so worth it. Um, and then, yeah, and then Heather Kuhn then goes to question in reply to question six saying, I dig both, breaks up the day. Um, and then then swiftly replies with, okay, got a bounce. Thanks a bunch, guys. Peace chat. Um, um, and then Kirk William then goes, if any conference organizers want to respond to that last question, please do. Otherwise, for sake of time, I'm going to combine the next two questions I had. Um, and then... But before he gets we get to do that, we've got um, Emma Franks replying to question six saying breakouts because I get to choose the topics that are actually relevant to my role. Also, the subject matter tends to be more advanced. That said, depends on quality of speaker. I've heard some exceptional, some exceptional keynotes and also being very disappointed by some breakout panels. Um, Joel Barantinez then goes, also agree with this one. Many big keynotes have YouTube videos out there of themselves. You can see if they're your style or have the option to sleep in more or have a head start on, on dinner. And that's a reply to Robert Brady saying, first reaction is breakouts all the way, but I agree with the comments about needing the change of pace breaks of the keynotes. Um, and then we've got um, Orlando Valencia then replying um, to question six saying keynotes are great but it can be a real hit or miss with breakouts at least you get to pick the topic you attend. And then um, yeah we go to question seven saying do you see value offered by a conference that cannot be achieved in a single day webinar etc um, and or do you think conference days are numbered or will there be a value in in-person events such as PPC conferences? Um, but then still going back to question six, um, Golden Boots replies saying that I enjoy breakout sessions since takeaways are usually more actionable. Um, I also went to a conference where there were learning sessions. You schedule time with a professional on a topic and you go over issues and optimize on the spot. That was number one. Um, Julie Piccini then goes with for organizers, you have a tough job. It cannot be easy to manage all of the logistics and try to cater to the full range of attendees. Plus having to content, having content that people want to pay money to see year in, year out. And then Joe Martinez says, repeat answers for me. The networking is crucial and worth the price alone and you can't get swag from a webinar. Um, and to, to question six, it rhymes with I says, um, all of this is pushing me to write the best keynote of my ever loving life. It's a very nice 
gift in their game. Don't hope for change. Be the change. Um, and then Joe Hong then replies to question seven, saying, definitely goes back to my previous answer about networking. Being one of the top benefits I receive out of conferences, whether it's learning, building friendships or recruiting. And then Nathan Kelly then replies to question seven, saying there's a value of getting out of the office and being around industry pairs, I always feel rejuvenated after learning things at conferences. Webinars are nice, but too many distractions at work to really um, take everything in. Um, and then, yeah, Julie Bettini replies to question seven, says, if you, purely want, if you purely want education and actionable items, you could likely find them places other than conferences. Um, the human element is missing, networking, and as my husband says, being with my people for a bit. <laughs> Uh, and then Martin Rutgerden then replies to question six, six saying, keynotes can be great, but often end up on the entertainment side. Breakouts are where I expect to find value. Um, Robert Brady replies with the informal conversations face to face that happens in or around a conference are where I get the best stuff to make, take home and implement every time. It rhymes with eyes, then replies with getting away from the routine and meeting new people in person is invaluable. Live conferences don't do the same job as webinars. Um, and then Mark Kennedy sadly has to um, duck out early, saying got to go. Um, Kirk, good chat this week and thanks. See you next week. Um, and then, yeah, continuing with that, um, Kirk Williams then replies to question seven, saying, truthfully, I don't know. I could see in-person conferences morphing into smaller regional single-day events. I find that online digital conferences are too easy to skip for work, something I can avoid easier to focus on sessions when physically at a conference. Um, and then Jill Hong then replies, saying that also doing set things over time, Austin Barbecue doesn't hurt either. Um, and then I'd reply with um, saying no to question seven. Um, I don't think in-person conferences days are numbered because we love a good networking event more than most, more than most other industry, I believe. I mean, sure, we've all heard about Media Thursdays. So yeah, all the, the media agencies or, or providers will come out and, you know, and we're all about having drinks and chatting about work. Um, so, yeah. You know, so more than most other industries, I believe conferences would still be useful, especially the ones in beautiful cities where you can mix the trip with some sightseeing. So that refers back to my previous answer saying, yes, some of my conferences are kind of vacation as well. I try to do. Um, and so, yeah, Joe Martinez then replies to um, Kirk saying um, where he goes, truthfully, I don't know. I could see in-person conferences morphing into smaller regional single day events. And Joe Martinez replies, exactly. I sign up for webinars all the time and leave it in the background while I work. Realize I didn't pay attention at all. I prefer in-person every time. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, I've, I've tried to do that before. The only thing I can listen to and just about having a background and it will only half pay attention to is music. If I have something that I actually want to learn from and, you know, take notes about, there's no way I'm doing work, some other work at the same time and I'm properly paying attention to it. Um, and then Julie Bicini then replies with, you haven't invested anything when you register for an online event that is free. So it is also easier to blow off. And then, yeah, Kirk Williams says, good point. Um, and then, yeah, we've got Jim Banks saying, um, I'm not a conference organizer, but sit on a few advisory boards. Catering is the biggest headache. Good food needs table to be eaten. Lunch boxes attendees think are too cheap. Um, you are screwed. However, you cater. Um, 
so yeah, and then Cock William goes, Alrighty, um, Milwaukee PPC, so that was Joe Martinez, saying, here's your swag question, and vendors listen up to the next two. Um, and then, yeah, but before we get into that, um, it rhymes with eyes goes, I mean, smaller satellite conferences that are more affordable and connected to the local communities are definitely lacking. Time to take them, make them happen. I'll even come to Baltimore. Um, and then Emma Frank saying goes, I value conferences way more than webinars because it is much harder for me to stay engaged with a webinar or webinar series while sitting at my computer with all the other tasks I could be doing. Conferences put me in a different mindset in learn and network mode versus work mode. Um, so yeah, question eight we've got from Kirk says, what is conference swag that actually caused you to remember the brand or be more emotionally attached to the brand? Um, so we've got um, Orlando Valencia coming in with his answer to question seven, saying multiple days are best. They get you away from your day to day and let you focus on main subjects that you may not have time to normally. I always come away re-engaged on search and with a list of new ideas or perspectives. Um, and then we've got um, an answer to question eight from Nathan Keller saying, Bing gave me a key change two years ago. Ever since then, I've stopped using AdWords and spent 100% of clients' budgets in Bing. I think we need a GIF, in the, a GIF in there to confirm that that is an absolute joke because that does scare me a little bit. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Julie Vicini then replies with the Hero Conference t-shirts are the best shirts. I'd love to be able to get one in kid size because kids of parents who go to conferences expect swag. Yep. And then Jill Hong then re- replies, swag, this is higher quality and useful with stick will stick around a lot longer. Um, one of my early conference favorites were the Bing Hero Swell bottles. Um, so yeah, I will definitely agree to say that Bing do give some good gifts. I've got some nice water bottles in there. In fact, some nice fruit infusion bottles, water bottles, and some nice, you know, like stationery and pen and notepads and things like that. Um, and then Joe Martinez though goes, gotta have shirts. I don't need pens or candy. The PVC Master Star Wars theme shirt at Hero Conference this year was the best. They got their heads. They get their audience. We're all proud nerds. <laughs> I wish I was there. Although I'd have preferred like either Doctor Who or Marvel um, type t-shirt uh, or Game of Thrones. <laughs> anyway, so Rhymes at Eyes then replies to a question A. Say something thoughtful that I can use. The headshot booth is a good idea. Chapstick, USB stick. I don't need another tote bag or t-shirt. I do love tote bags though, I must say. Anyway, um, include... In answer to question nine, um, Kagan goes, I'm curious to hear from vendors, but in my opinion, a valuable one-piece swag giveaway is worth more than spending money on trinkets. You get their email and people want to win what techie, that techie, whatever. Um, and in prior to question eight, I was like, one of the best swag I've seen is Daniel Gilbert of Brain Labs Digital walking in to some awesome music and wearing a Superman outfit only dan can get away with that and i wasn't even there that's just something i saw you know from um aj wilcox um um, having recorded dan walking in when he was doing his talk um so yeah and then timothy jensen then replies um saying to be fair bing's often had better swag than google in my opinion had a nice heavy duty bing pen at one point and all the google pens i've gotten are cheap plastic um, and then, yeah, it rhymes with eyes goes <laughs> and obviously Beyonce tickets. I mean, definitely that would be a fantastic swag, by the way. Um, 
And then Oscar Williams then goes, um, also I think that companies like Ninja Cat PPC who have become known for their Ninja Cat socks as a unique but interesting thing that goes from conference to conference could be made as a case of successful swag at least for a time. Um, And then we've got Robert Brady replying saying, I love quality t-shirt and quality bags, backpack or shoulder. Useful stuff like water bottle, hand sanitizer, thumb drives are great and things for my kids at home. My daughter has a stuffed host gator she loves. Um, And then next swag, both question to possibly or not assist vendors. Um, So yeah, and question eight, I suppose, um, in reply to question eight, I also said, I do definitely think it's about being memorable, memorable in a very unique way. Um, not just about the freebies and again reiterating that Bing did have a fun photo booth at the last year conference I was at which was a couple of years ago um and yeah and then Jim Banks then goes um Hotspot did the same at Inbound 17 which was great but it does send everyone scurrying off and if the people you want to sit with eat different food you might end up with food you don't like um, and that's in reply to Rhymes with Ice. They're talking about CTA conference does food trucks. It's kind of great. All diets accommodated, delicious food, very little waste. Local vendors win. Um, and then, yeah, we've got um, Martin Royton Gordon. Wrote gardens going um question to question five. To be honest, I think speakers are best advised to be entertained and providing a bit of value. When asked, everyone wants value takeaways, but I don't think that's what counts in the end. Um, and then question nine, Kirk Williams then goes, aside from swag, do you legitimately get benefit from vendor boots at conferences? If not, are there outside the box ways you can think of, of for vendors to invest in an engaged conferences that does, that goes beyond boots, booths and swag? Um, and then Jill Hong then goes, um, other men, other Honourable best swag mentions go to SEM Rush and Optimizer, which is um, pictures of um, yeah wine openers, and what I think is one of those like utility tools where loads of different kinds of like knives and utilities are in there and keychains and stuff like that. What do they call those again? And then we've got Orlando Valencia then going shirts, hoodies, and when ce- companies bring in celebrities, I've received some bigger items like Google Home, but can't remember the name of the company. Yet I remember Ninja Cat gave me some cool socks. Seriously, you won't remember the person that gave you a Google Home, but someone who remember gi- giving you socks? That must be some fantastic, memorable strategy. And then Jim Banks then goes, no swag ever has. I know people... Um, get giddy with excitement about swag but for me it's just more crap to carry around um john martinez replies to question nine says i'll approach boots for vendors i already use honestly not just for swag even though that's the main intent i'll get some pointers on the tools i'll try to find out what new features are coming next um into question nine and um, julie Bicini then goes if i stop by a vendor booth table at a conference is generally to get a quick summary of what they do see um what they do what they do to see if it's something I want to know more about. Also like to see what those already, those I already work with. Um, and then Kirk Williams replies to Jane Banks, um, saying no swag ever has. I know people get giddy with excitement about swag, um, and says, agree to be honest. I avoid swag, I avoid swag unless it's a well-designed shirt. And that's from Kirk Williams. Um, and then, yeah, Robert Brady then says, I wish vendors would be more clear about who their product is for. It's okay to let someone walk away if they'll never be a customer. Um, and then I would, I replied to Jim Banks and, Pip, um, and, and Kirk Williams about, yeah, 
no swag ever has. I say, I agree with this. When the vendor can use the attraction to the swag as a means of making good conversation and tell me the benefits of working with them, then the swag is doing its job properly, unless it's just junk in my actual trunk. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, it runs with eyes, then goes, give me a PP VIP experience, learn from music and give people something only those attendants can get. It's more work. It might take installation, but it's worth it. Um, and then, yeah, Julie Bicini then go, yes, why waste anyone's time? In reply to Robert Brady saying, I wish vendors would be more clear about who their product for is for. It's okay to get someone to walk away if they'll never be a customer. Um, and then, in, in then yeah, Kirk Williams replies to question nine saying, I think vendors still have an important role at conferences, but I wonder if the booth is outdated. Um, and then an interesting post on this is from Tyler Johula, and I'll send a link to that. And then JD Prater then goes, uh, attend, start conversations and learn about pain points, but mostly be top of mind when they're ready to buy. And that's from Vital for Vendors. Um, for um, question nine, replies question nine, Joe Martinez says, um, the lack of signage for some boots still amaze me. If I can't see your brand name from even 10 feet away, I am not stopping. Um, and then, yeah, after... Um, just over an hour, just under an hour there. Um, we've got, yeah, calculating then signs of off, saying we're basically done with time. So I'll love one more question out there for discussion and bid you adieu and adios. Have a wonderful day. Great discussion. Please feel free to continue, which I think a lot of people did, really. Um, Joe Martinez goes, fun one. Jill Hong thinks, um, I think aiming for 100% conversion rate for vendors will be impractical, but they could be better by empathizing with real issues marketers face rather than pushing their sales pitch um and then kirk williams then replies kirk then replies with um comes in with question 10 just before he leaves saying would you rather pay more to attend a conference in a vacation city far away or pay, or pay less for a conference near you but where you're still more in work mode discuss um, Jim Banks then comes with question to answer to question nine, saying the boots with nice couches and bear, I will sit at all day long, even if they don't want me to. Sometimes vendors don't think of their fellow vendors, like music, floor space, creeping into their vendor space. Boot staff, education is a big pet issue for me. And then we've got Orlando Valencia that then goes, yes, absolutely. I met Search Monitor and signed up with them at Hero Conference last year. If they know what they're talking about and they have a good product, it makes for a great conversation. Um, and then, yeah, Kirk Williams then replies to Jill Hong when, where he says, I think aiming for 100% conversion rate for vendors will be impractical, but goes agreed. Definitely part of the overall marketing strategy, but that's also... Um, what has me wondering if there are better ways to get in front of people and brand yourself than simply buying a booth. To be clear, I'm talking about ways that organizers can still monetize too. Um, and then it rhymes with I says, um, less, I mean, I'd love to go to a vacation city, but the reality is my company is not paying for it. They will, however, pay for two smaller, closer events. And that's in reply to question 10. So, I, so yeah, and then I come in with a thanks to um, Kirk um, for a great chat and we'll be eyeing out more answers. Um, Joe Martinez then replies to question 10, said, I just want cool cities. I'm not a resort guy, so destination conference is not for me. Um, I like to explore and do tons of things. And Orlando Valencia then replies to question 10, says it will be all depend on the conference speakers and subject matter. I find the weakest conferences usually have the most exotic location. 
Um, and then Julie Piccini then goes, I don't generally extend my travel around a conference with a young kiddo. Travel at all is a complex enough. I wish there were more events in the mid-Atlantic region. And then she gives her thanks to um, Kirk. And then Emma Franks then says, this seems an odd question because I would always rather pay less, assuming the two locations have equal offerings. That said, I would rather go to a national conference than a local one because of the networking opportunities. Um, and then, yeah, Julie Bicini then um, replies to um, replies saying the ones near here are often in New York City, which are a non-starter when it comes to cost, even with free tickets as a speaker. Um, and then Kirk, replied, Kirk then goes, my understanding is that exotic locations are naturally going to cost more, whereas local day conferences are always much cheaper. That's part of what drives the distinction in cost. I'm just curious to know what the market actually prefers when push, when push comes to shove. Um, and then, yeah. Then Emma Franks then replies to Julie Puccini saying the word saying that she doesn't like to extend her travel. Um, Emma Franks then goes, this is a big thing for me too. No kids, but most of the time it's going to be at the conference versus touring around before and after. So the venue quality is more important than the location, in my opinion. Um, and yeah, and Kirk was like, I, I didn't even add all of my questions. It did get a little fast. And then, yeah, a very good question from Jill Hongson. I'd like to know if people prefer multi-day versus single-day conferences. Um... And yeah, to be fair, I we've I could go on and on a lot of the the comments that are made here, and they are I'm I'm sure that there might have been some answers to um that questions about single day and multi day, but I'm not going to read them all out. I definitely highly advise you to try and go and, and you know read some of that. Just search for the PPC chat hashtag. Um and then yeah, but I hope you found. Um, I'll talk about conferences, um, you know, useful. Well, my biggest takeaway is if you want to speak at a conference or if you want a nice, cheap way to get to a conference, pitch to talk at one. You know, what you know is something that you know that is very useful, that you find very easy, might not be so obvious to someone else. So, yes, fully, um, fully um, motivate and fully um, advocate you pitching and speaking at conferences and don't be intimidated intimidated by it some of them are have really big audiences some of them are broken out really well where you have a very nice intimate audience where you feel everybody's paying attention um but yeah go ahead with it be brave be bold and continue to do wonderful things with paid search and yeah so i hope to hear from you guys next week again bye